everybody, what's up? Welcome to Nowhere to Run. Thank you for showing up and downloading the show. If you've got any questions about anything that I've said in a previous podcast or video, don't hesitate to write me at my website, which is nowheretorunradio.com or chriswhiteministries.com. Okay, so this episode is going to be just totally devoted to some really big news, or at least I think it's big news, uh, and that's the announcement of an upcoming trip to Africa uh, for me. I will be going to Kenya in about five months, and I'll probably stay there about two, uh, just a little over two months. It all started a few weeks ago when I was asked by a guy who is over about 100 or so churches there in Kenya to come and speak at a pastor's conference. And this pastor's conference is going to have, he said, about 300 or 400 pastors from Kenya, Uganda, and Rwanda that are going to be meeting at this conference. And he wanted me to speak on evangelism, discipleship, and leadership. So when I got this, I was like, wow, that, that's that's pretty awesome. It was on a Sunday, and immediately we started to pray for confirmations about it. Like, you know, it would be a pretty big step going to Kenya, so we prayed for just a lot of confirmations, if it was, in fact, God's will that he would show it in an overabundant way. Um, so anyway, the next, or that same day, we went to church, and although I knew that we were taking a mission trip to Kenya... Later on, uh, in the, or in the summer, our church was, that is, I wasn't planning on going on that mission trip, but the, I knew the church was going on a mission trip to Kenya, and that day was a meeting for that mission trip, so I went into that meeting now with this new, this new information that there's a possibility that I might be going to Kenya, and um, I found out that the place that they were going is like about three or so hours away from where I will be speaking. And that's significant because, well, for a lot of reasons, but that's significant because they're actually going about two months after I get there, or, or just a little less than two months after I get there. So it would offer me an opportunity to stay there for two months. It seemed like that was a coincidence, but there's other interesting things that will develop as we progress. So this, the same night, we went to a little get-together at a friend's house, and there were some people there where we haven't met before. Apparently, they were new to the area, had only moved here about three or four weeks ago. And the guy, his job was to, he worked at a, a, a ministry that dealt with orphans, and his particular job was organizing trips for missionaries to go to Uganda and Kenya. Like, that's what he does all day, is network with how, you know, getting flights to Kenya and, you know, how to get around Kenya and stuff like that for uh, these mission trips. So, needless to say, we had a lot to talk about and a lot of questions to ask him, and he actually became part of our home group, which we've been meeting uh, on about on Monday night sometimes. And so him and his wife came there, and we... Um, are great friends. So that's a pretty interesting thing. Obviously an important uh, asset to me if indeed I, I did go. And the confirmations didn't stop there. In fact, there was there's a confirmation that in retrospect, there's a few a few confirmations that I had already received and didn't know what to do with them yet, I guess is a way to explain it. To say that prior to getting this invitation, I had been really burdened with the idea of discipleship and evangelism, 
particularly the things that they asked me to come speak on. And I thought about, well, you know, what am I going to do with this? I, I feel very strongly I need to teach about this. So I was thinking maybe I would go teach a class at church on it or, or whatnot. Um, and then I think I did a, the last podcast or one of the recent podcasts was me talking about the discipleship DVDs, the mega super eight gigabyte discipleship DVDs that I was thinking about doing like five of those. And, and so you can tell that it has in fact been on my mind, um, just the various ways and the burden to get people discipled and to try to come up with different ideas to, to do that. So that's one thing. Also, there was, um, a, a sort of weird drawing to faith comes by hearing, which is a organization that I really like. I was telling my pastor just a, just a few weeks ago, I was like, you know, what, can you tell me more about this thing? Cause I kind of heard about it before and I started investigating uh, it more. I posted it on my Facebook a few weeks ago and it, it's about these different MP3 players, solar powered MP3 players, which may play a significant role in some of the ideas that I have or some of the things that I would like to accomplish in, um, in Kenya. And I felt strongly that I should donate to them and to another organization that was sort of, um, similar. And so I, I didn't know why it just seemed kind of out of nowhere. So I did, but it ended up that actually I'll probably end up using them. And I find that they actually give away two of these, what they call proclaimers, which is a pretty interesting gadget, which I'll may or may not talk about actually, as we go through this, but so there's that stuff. I mean, everything. We started seeing Kenya license plates in front of just, I mean, not, I mean, license plates that said the word spelled out Kenya on it as in, instead of numbers or whatnot. So we feel pretty confident that indeed this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, I wouldn't be saying it if I didn't feel confident. I wouldn't be considering going, especially for two months, if I didn't feel pretty confident in that. But, um, so, yeah, two months. Why two months? First of all, let me say this, that Connie is cool with it. She suggested this when it started to become evident that two months was a, um, it looked like two months was what was being getting laid out. And so I would not have done it if she hadn't suggested it. And she's really been supportive of this, uh, supportive of this as well as supportive of a lot of the things that uh, that I do. So that's great. But the reason why two months is because, as I mentioned, the team coming from our home church is going to be also going to Kenya. They're going to be staying at a place that's, um, it's a really great place to stay. You know, they've got like bunks and stuff like that. It's, and they'll be staying there. I've actually met the people that run that organization and they were at another home group that we attend that's more associated with the church. And we got to pray with them and talk uh, at length about different things. And while I haven't spoken directly with them about this yet, I have spoken with my pastor about it, who does speak with them quite often, and he is pretty confident that it will be no problem for me after the conference to go travel down the the few hour trip to their compound or whatnot and stay with them. And he's assured me that it probably wouldn't be any trouble. There's actually some really good stuff that I can do for them, including produce uh, some video about some of the things that they're doing, and uh, I think that it would be a really good, a really good trade-off to pr produce some really professional stuff for what they are uh, hoping to do with their with their work there in Kenya on uh, Lake Victoria. So anyway, the the idea then would be to go to the pastors' conference to do the teaching there and to do the other projects that we'll talk about there. 
and then to as the Lord leads, mosey on down to uh, to Lake Victoria on Lake Victoria and stay with them and do work with them for the remainder of the time. So it would end up me waiting for the mission team from church, who's only going to be there about two weeks. So I would end up waiting for them and then going back with them on at the end of the basically two months and one week. That is at least the plan right now. That could change. I may end up just going for the conference. Not sure. Just kind of seeing how it all plays out. But what I want to accomplish there has really started to get me thinking for lots and lots of different reasons. I think that if I were to sum up what it is that I do in a, in a, in the base level thing of what it is that I do and have done, it is to find where there is a need and where things have not been done yet and need to be done and then go do them or find ways to do them or something like that. So I get really excited when I see not just something that's not being done, but something that if it was done, it could just bear tremendous fruit, you know, and that there's nobody else doing it. So you'll, you'll not find me doing a lot of things that everybody's doing. You're not, you're not going to find me doing a um, Da Vinci Code debunked or anything like that because it's already been done. There's no need to do that, but it is good that those are done. Uh, so anyway, that brings me to some of the projects here in, that can be done in Kenya. The wonderful uh, people that I'm talk, uh, talking with there, the, the Kenyan pastors and stuff like that, they're just just so, so wonderful of people. And, man, there's so many things that they need to come and teach us about. Though they have very little, they're very, um, very prayerful. And that goes a long way with being effective. And they certainly are effective. But one of the things that, that broke my heart, quite honestly, was to hear that they don't have a lot of the, them, especially in the rural areas, don't have Bibles in their language. Pastors don't have Bibles in their language. And I remembered this from the earlier Kenyan trip that uh, our church took last year, that uh, they were doing this Bible class for these pastors who, you know, had pamphlets of the Bible. And my pastor was like, so do you guys have Bibles? And you know, he ended up uh, coming back to the States and then ordering them. You know, I think he spent whatever, $100 or something like that and, and bought them all Bibles. So that's one thing. But because of the number of pastors and everything, it, it's I'd like to get them other materials. And this is where some of the burden starts to kick in. I was looking around the Internet to just try to find what is available in Swahili. Now, there are many dialects in Kenya. I've been doing a lot of research about this. And ultimately, to be really effective... You need to be aware of the different dialects, and I've got a I've got a plan that I'll talk about here in a little bit. But uh, Swahili is the language, the the official language of Kenya, along with uh, English, and it is growing. People are speaking um, Swahili more and more. In fact, even though these pastors are coming from three different countries, the only person, the only language that will, they will be translating me into is Swahili. By the way, I'll be speaking for. Uh, three days, three sessions per day, so it'll be quite a lot of teaching that'll be going on at the Pastors Conference. So I am beyond what we're talking about here. The biggest and the most research that I'm going to be doing is try is fundamentally trying to study the Bible and trying to teach evangelism, discipleship, and leadership from the Bible. And so that's the fundamental biggest biggest project that's going on uh, right now. These are just sort of side projects, if you will. Um, but 
So Swahili is important, and what I'm trying to say here is that even though that's the, the m- most likely language that you should be able to find stuff in, there's almost nothing available in it. I mean, there is no concordances. There, there are no Bible study tools like that. There is hardly any Old Testaments available in Swahili. There, it's mostly New Testaments. It's mostly like, you know, gospel stories and there's, you know, the Jesus film and these kind of like things for kids and stuff like that. Very short bites of stuff. But there's no meat. You know, when Paul said in, in the book of Hebrews, hey, guys, you know, by now you guys should be teachers, but you're but you're still in need of milk. He was referring to like these deep things of Mechilzedek and stuff like that. And it's just kind of it's tough to see that that level of knowledge of the scripture is not really something that's easily attained by, by pastors in these languages that that speak these languages. And of course they, the pastors are one thing, but what about teaching those concepts to their congregations and things like that? So anyway, I thought, well, what about audio? I mean, is it even, is it even worth it to look for audio? And we'll talk about the means of getting the audio to people in a minute that I think is really important. But even if there was, there's almost no like teaching or preaching in Swahili at all. I mean, there's hardly any recorded stuff at all on iTunes or anything else. Or I, I have found about 15 recordings of uh, of a translation of Dr. J. Vernon McGee in Swahili. So maybe that's that's something, you know, but it's pretty few and far between after that. If anybody knows of any stuff, I want to start collecting just as much as I can. I want to, at the very least, have a, a DVD, although almost nobody is going to have a computer, but I want to have a DVD, a data DVD, accessible to all of them in case they ever do run across a computer, or some of them, of course, will have some. Uh, where they can listen to all this stuff and get all this information in a different context. But I recognize that that will be a pretty minimal thing. I mean, uh, I talked to the, to the guy that I've been talking to, and he's like, well, a lot of the pastors are, are poor and really can't even get to an Internet cafe a lot of times just because it's it's too expensive and stuff like that. So the idea of the DVD with stuff on it is minimal in as far as its ability to be effective. So... Beyond just audio, but I've also seen a complete lack of materials like commentaries or concordances or any of these tools online as well. I mean, as I said, there's almost nothing but New Testaments and other things like that, but there's no no stuff like that. And even if there was, what do you do or how do you get it to people is another question. I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to buy a concordance for all 400 pastors and all this stuff. So we'll get into some of the ideas of what I have and how to fix this in a minute. But the the thing that's important fundamentally about this is that it's hard for a pastor or anybody that's taught a Bible study. If you run across a passage that's difficult to understand, a lot of times out of 10, it's going to be a contextual issue. You know, the most of our beginnings of our study Bibles like tell you about the book, you know, First Timothy was written by Paul and da, 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 and this is when he wrote it and this is what he was going through. And, you know, you're getting all that stuff from years and years of years of people studying the Bible and having access to all that stuff in English. And we take it for granted, but they're coming into a lot of this stuff cold, you know, and it would be great if there was some kind of stuff like that, just to defend themselves against false teaching. 
if we, even if we just took Satan in his uh, tempting of Christ in the wilderness as a as a model, Satan tempts uh, or Satan uses scripture out of context. You know, he took scriptures that were out of context to tempt Christ. And what did Christ do to defend himself against it? He quoted scripture, the proper application of scripture. And that's important in that knowing scripture and knowing it well was a method that Christ used to defend himself against these attacks. And cults are no different world round. I've already started to look into some of the different cults and stuff like that in Africa, and they're doing the same thing. They take scripture out of context, and if you've ever dealt with a a cult, you know this about them. They are very slick. Satan is, you know, he's a crafty one, and he knows exactly how to take it out of context to make it sound really, really good. And, you know, a lot of these things would just be so easy to knock down if one had just a slightly better understanding of the context of that verse or was able to, to defend themselves. Like certain... Certain false teachings there would not be would be obliterated with a greater light of the scripture. Um, so the importance of it is of getting it there is important. Now, the biggest problem I've seen and have already expressed to some extent is platform. I mean, what what do you use? Uh, of course, teaching b- good biblical stuff is good, but it's out of my hands to you know, commission some concordances to be translated into Swahili and then buy, you know, 400 copies of them and and, and ship them over to Swahili. That's just, you know, it's not possible. But there are other things that have started, that I've been thinking about, particularly Bluetooth technology. One thing that I have found out in my research is that though Kenyans and a lot of people all over the, the world are poor, they will have cell phones, even though they might be those, you know, just Java-based flip cell phones. And I've been reading story after story about this, about how 82 or more, probably more now since that paper was written, of Kenya is, you know, has cell phone coverage and that poor fishermen use cell phones to do this and people that make $2 a day are still have cell phones because they're affordable and different things like that. So the question then is, how to make that work to our advantage. And Bluetooth technology, I think, is the way to do it. Bluetooth is more than just uh, headsets. Bluetooth is actually a fundamental way that I don't think you even have to have service to your cell phone. You certainly don't need to have um, a satellite or Internet coverage. You just need a cell phone, and you can transfer data from one phone to another or from a computer that's enabled by Bluetooth to phones. So for instance, I can set in front of my computer here, my laptop, five, six, seven cell phones who and who all have their Bluetooth turned on. And I can drag and drop, or however I want to do that, the files, and they will just pop appear on their phone. I could say to these 400 pastors, everybody come here, turn on your Bluetooth, I'll show you how to do that. You know, set your phones down, and I'm just going to give you a bunch of files. Now, the that sounds easy enough, but it's not quite so easy because uh, there are different platforms and different... And, and first of all, it does solve a lot of problems in that if you try to do that with a USB cord or through mini USB, excuse me, a mini SD card or the USB cord, tons of problems. you got to have software. You can't... And most of those phones aren't going to have web connectivity anyway, so that won't work. You can't do a USB because of the different software complications. Most of them won't have uh, many SD slots. 
And even if they did, they might be problematic to get to and different things like that. And sometimes they have to be formatted and just all kinds of problems. But I think that Bluetooth is the way. And I found a a uh, great site that actually recognized this. There was a there's a paper that came out in a missiology um magazine. That's a study of mis- missions, it's a peer reviewed paper. I didn't even know that they had peer reviewed papers about missions, but they do. So anyway, it was about this this cell phones in the in the world like this and or the undeveloped world and just talking about the growth of it and everything else and the use of it. And they were saying more for like short gospel videos and stuff like that. But they did mention in there that it could have other applications, and that's what I'm talking about here. But I found this other website that was producing uh, Java-based uh, programs, and they had already translated into every possible dialect the New Testaments and the Bible in some cases of these these languages. And they're searchable. So, for instance, I Bluetooth to my... Uh, cell phone. I've got a little flip uh, phone here. Nothing special. It's Java based, so I was able to test this. Um, I I just just Bluetooth over, and all of a sudden I've got the entire King James Bible, and I can search it by chapter and verse on my phone. And it's like, wow! You could just get a person who's never even seen the Bible in their native tongue, like Luau or something like that. I don't even know how to pronounce the different dialects in Kenya, but that's one of them that they that Wycliffe just got done making a, uh, 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 or not too long ago anyway, making a translation of, and you can give that person for the first time the Bible in a language that they really, really know and understand. It becomes a completely new, alive thing to them. And beyond that is the, and this is something that I'm trying to figure out a way to do. There is, there's one concordance called uh, the Treasury of Scriptural Knowledge. And... I've racked my brain about this for a while, trying to figure out what it was, what what was the most important thing that they needed. And I think that this this may be it. And one of the reasons I say that is because if you've ever used the Treasury of Scriptural Knowledge, it's basically a huge cross-reference list. So, for instance, if you went to uh, you know, any verse in the Bible, it will have – it will split that verse into about three sections or – However many ideas are in the verse, let's say, for instance, John three sixteen, for God, you know, would be one section of the verse. Um, so loved would be another section of the verse. It's a pretty, it's a pretty deep verse, so they have different sections. Uh, that he gave would be another section, and they would have all these different cross references to like the the three, four, five, ten, sometimes as much as like. 30 different places in the Bible that correspond to that in the Old Testament or whatever. And so in what you're doing in that is you're actually looking at a commentary on the Bible uh, from the Bible itself. And what I found is I use this more often than any other tool in my verse-by-verse studies because, and I find it to be more accurate than any human commentator ever could be. For instance, if I'm reading, it really helped in my Mystery Babylon study, and I'm sure that our our Tory or whoever didn't didn't actually, um, you know, interpret that necessarily the way I did. But it was it was that he was faithful in saying, well, this verse does correspond to this verse. This is this is referring to this section over here, and in so doing, it actually becomes a really really great way for you to determine how the Bible interprets itself and how the Bible comments 
upon itself. So if you come to a verse that you don't know and it's got a contextual or whatever problem and you don't understand that actually that's doing that because of some Old Testament law or whatever, it will point you to the several verses in the Old Testament which talk about that law or whatnot. So it gives you the... Con- the anyway, the other beauty of this then, there's several, several that I would say are important. One of them is that um, that it's copyright free. The other thing is that it doesn't require any translation really. I mean, you can use this just the English version because it's mostly references. Now granted, they'll have to know that Matthew or or Timothy in English corresponds to Timeteo or or whatever it might be in their language. They've got to recognize that that the they need to know the English names for the books of the Bible, but other than that, they can use this in any language. Now, the problem is, how do you get that huge database of material um, onto a platform that they can send via Bluetooth? And this is where it gets a little tricky. I think that the best way, and I really need to to enlist the help of somebody that knows a little bit more about this, but I think that the best way to do this, I'm not going to try to bore you much longer on this, I promise, um, is to get it all into let's say an HTML or several HTML files. So let's say Matthew chapter one will be an entire HTML file and it will be searchable verse one, two, three, four and hyperlinked to different parts in that HTML file. And then, uh, and, and then do that with every, every possible, you know, chapter or verse or whatever, even if we just did the new Testament and then I could convert that either to JAR, so it would work on most of the Java-based platforms, which I think that there's easy conversion to HTML to JAR. And then if somebody by some instant, by some miracle, even though I know that this wouldn't be a miracle because the, a lot of them do have smartphones, have some kind of Android-based or iPhone-based thing, then I can just up- upload the HTML files themselves because I think that most of those can read a local HTML file on their browser so they could just open it up with a browser and I think it should work just fine. And by doing so, you can essentially give not just these pastors. I want you to understand that the the scope of this because you're not just I'm not just giving a pastor a bible in their language and uh, a concordance in their language. I'm also giving them the ability to give it away because every phone regardless of of internet connectivity or broadband or any kind of outside influence can Bluetooth that information to a person in their congregants, uh, congregation's phone or uh, to an assistant pastor or to whatever. And that can go on and on. Hopefully, I'm going to bring some micro SD cards and hopefully some of these phones will have more capacity than just a few megabytes so that different audio teachings and things can be transferred as well, but I'm not holding my breath about that. For instance, my phone, Java-based flip phone, was not able to hold very much uh, data, so I'm just setting my sights mostly, as far as the phones go, on Bible and concordance software. The idea of, I think, preaching and teaching is a very important aspect of all this stuff, and since I'm going to be there for two months, I really hope to be led to good preachers and teachers in various languages and I want to start making as much as possible recording their teachings and I hope to find 
a few of the pastors of the conference that'll sit down with me for days, or maybe I can visit them wherever they're at and sit down with them and have them just go over entire teaching series. And then I can find ways to get this on disc or whether or not, I know they have, you know, CD players and stuff like that. So perhaps we can create a network of, of audio preaching and teaching as well. Like I said, there's almost nothing, especially in any language besides Swahili. There's virtually nothing in Swahili. So, so anyway, there's, I think I mentioned other things that I'm going to be doing while I'm actually at the place where I'll be staying the majority of the time there, which is video projects and things like that with, for the missionaries there, which really, hopefully, uh, that all works out, but they certainly could use a lot of help in that regard. So I've got big plans and I hope to be able to have the, to, to really just bless Kenya, to bless with these 400 pastors, to not just teach them biblical, um, stuff about the gospel and, you know, biblical, solid teaching about evangelism and discipleship and what that means. And I hope to be able to study well enough and to study the scripture well enough to make a dramatic impact just on the teaching alone. But I want to bless the pastors with um, everything I can, with, with the tools that they need. And then I want to make a lasting indention in Africa with the beginning of a, a, a recording base, a discipleship base of material that as internet connectivity grows in Africa, people will have a place to download it, but also encouraging and beginning to get people to share material via a, a platform that all of them already have and doesn't require any anything from the man. You can have a completely, just totally useless cell phone that just has uh, power and we can really begin a, tra a transmission of a lot of material. And I hope this also works for you guys. In, in the future, I think this Bluetooth uh, ability of our cell phones to, to transfer data from one cell phone to another is also going to be an important thing for us in the future. When there is not a lot of internet, we have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of phones. Everybody's going to have a phone. So we'll be able to transfer MP3s and videos and important pieces of information to one another via Bluetooth. So I hope to see that catch on as well. I guess I'll end it there, but um, this is probably something you'll hear a lot more from me about over the next five months. I hope to make banners and, and uh, a video about it pretty soon just for fundraising purposes. If you at all feel led to, to donate, it's all tax deductible, and I can assure you that it will be used to bear hopefully much fruit with the Lord's help. So um, please keep me in prayers, especially about the research about these topics, about about evangelism, discipleship, and leadership in the study with that. That's something that I'd really like to have the Lord's help with because a lot of the ways that I've done evangelism and discipleship and leadership are quite frankly, you know, they they need to be they need to be biblically grounded more than they ever have been because a lot of the things that I would say to somebody is really geared for a Western mindset. So I'm really committed to trying to get back to the fundamental basics of what the Bible teaches about these things. And if you've got any ideas, if you know any great books about evangelism or discipleship or leadership, please recommend them to me. I will more than likely get them as I'm trying to just be a ferocious learner in all this stuff. 
as far as what it means about nowhere to, nowhere to run and the various projects I'll be doing over the next five months, um, what it'll probably pay dividends in is that I'll put together a, a massive teaching about evangelism, discipleship, and leadership that will be turned into a movie as well. So that's that's probably the next big project that you should expect from me, and it should be a pretty big one as far as the scope of it because there's no sense in just using this just for this conference. I hope to be able to apply the same stuff. So I'm going to try to keep that in mind that I want to to have it be dual purpose. So I'll probably end up making two versions of that presentation. So anyway, rambling now. Thanks for your time. Thanks to everybody for everything. And please pray for me and for this trip and for the Kenyan pastors. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Nowhere to Run. You can download all of the archives to this show and others I have done for free at NowhereToRunRadio.com. Your prayers and donations are needed and appreciated. You can partner with me to reach many more people with discipleship, apologetics, and the gospel. Go to Nowhere to Run Radio to help support this ministry. Thanks for your time.